0: Welcome to the Amber Knight Superhero Podcast with Simo Suahemo. This show is your backstage pass to discussions with world-class influencers in the field of health, nutrition, and high performance. We bring you the selected tips and insights that you can use to upgrade your life and become unstoppable.
1: Right. After a good lunch of some healthy hormetic vegetables, hormetics containing vegetables, I'm sitting here with uh, Dr. Christian Miller, MD, and a nutrigenomics researcher. And today, we've been talking a lot uh, about uh, genes and, and, uh, and the genetic testing, Christian, today.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: And uh, one of the interesting things I, I just found in yesterday's news was that a team of researchers in the UK has identified the, uh, one of the CONT, mm. a gene, expressions as being linked to learning languages mm and the uh, and, uh, and gathering or, or the development of white matter mm. uh, in students during their foreign language course. And they could actually, through a gene test, determine with a, a significant level of, of a significance the success and the rate of learning of a, of a foreign language by looking at a certain expression of the C O M T gene. Mm. I think that is pretty uh, impressive. What do you think about these, these types of findings?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of findings so which are basically trying, that researchers are trying to connect certain genetic markers to certain abilities of the human body or of the humans in general. So, for example, there's a lot of research going on trying to connect certain SNPs or genetic variations to intelligence, for example. And this is the thing about, for example, if you take intelligence as an example, it is not just something... You can um, break down very easily and say, okay, there are just two genes which are able, res- actually responsible for building up a certain level of intelligence. So intelligence is something we will would call like multifactorial, which means a lot of different genes are involved, but also, of course, the environment. So how you've been raised, if you just if your full potential is being used, basically, mm. in in order to to form those uh, new uh, connections between. The, the the neurons. So, right.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think uh, when things get really interesting and futuristic is when we're hopping one step further mm. from measuring what we have into creating or modifying what we have.
0: Mm. That's really the next step. Yeah. So, then we're talking about gene editing or gene modification, which is a rather new, I would almost call it a hype in the field of genetics. But you also have to keep in mind those genetic modification methods that have been around for, I would say, even a a decade or even more than that. But back in the days, um, methods like zinc finger proteins or talins, they were rather more like um, a sledgehammer in in terms of trying to modify your genome.
1: (laughs) Right. So So not very fine-tuned Not very,
0: absolutely not. Not very precise. So. And a lot of un- unwanted mutations um, basically occurred if you were applying those kind of techniques. And also they were immensely costly. So I still remember there was this sync uh, finger protein approach like five $5,000 uh, or something just for the protein itself. Wow. So this is um, just from an economical standpoint, it was not really feasible in a broader scale. And so new, new techniques were developed. And now we, we are at a stage where we have something called CRISPR-Cas9, and this is this is you should think of, of that more or more or less as the scalpel of gene editing, which is really making, making enabling us to make precise um, alterations inside your genome.
1: Right. So, uh, with this with this uh, CRISPR-Cas9 technology, is it is it already possible to, for example, get your uh, children's genes edited, or mm. edit your own genes, or What's kind of the scope that
0: we're we're at currently? I mean, I would say the possibilities are endless. I mean, the applications are basically endless. Of course, you have to watch the ethical standpoint here and, and decide on how far you want to go with that. But again, possibilities are endless, and it, it's not that we are actually uh, really trying to think about if a designer baby would be possible in the future. It is possible. The question it's is possible. It is. The question is just: Are we? Do we want that? Do we want to go as far as designing the perfect, let's say, um, offspring, right? Hmm. To have the perfect baby with the perfect eye color, with the perfect hair? Yes, that's just a question of um, upon if we want that. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I guess uh, in in countries with uh, way less reg- regulation in this space, for example, in China, I mm-hmm. suppose there are already. Uh, pretty advanced human trials, if mm-hmm. you if you will, going on in this in this space. Or... Absolutely,
0: I came across several papers from the from some Chinese research teams where they were actually uh, already like applying CRISPR-Cas9 techniques on human em- embryos, where they were trying to let's say cure a certain illness, a certain illness which were, was connected to um, to the blood, so a blood cancer type. And uh, I think those trials were successful, so they were showing us that it is possible. Yes.
1: That is intense.
0: Mm.
1: I think you know many people might have this dystopian view that this will this will eventually end up in a segregating our society forever mm. and, and kind of you know like building this divide between the people who can afford this technology to engineer themselves mm. and their children and with a population with no access to this type of technology. I personally have you know like I, I can see you know like arguments, pros and cons again for, for that argument. But in general, I feel that this is, this is an exciting new space where we can essentially transcend our own capabilities at some point.
0: Absolutely, you're right. And right now, I mean, the applications, you shouldn't think of, about those applications just for, let's say, an early stage embryo where you want to edit something. But also, it, things are getting interesting when you look at, okay, how we actually can change the genome of an adult person. Right, if the adult person already has a certain disease manifested, a certain inherited disease manifested.
1: Right. Do you have any, uh, any examples of the uh, diseases we for can? For example,
0: you can uh, you can think about like cystic fibrosis (CF), which um, is caused by a certain mutation in the CFTR gene, which codes for a calcium channel, and by that actually um, alters the viscosity inside your uh, inside your um, your thorax, where the lungs are basically are. So if those if the viscosity of that fluid is getting too thick, that person might is much much more susceptible to infections. And in the long run in the long run, the only thing to cure those people in the past was basically a lung transplant. Right. And they also their their life expectancy was maybe 30, 35 years, 40 years. Of course, it's getting better by using modern antibiotics and modern treatments, but still their life expectancy were short compared to someone who is not having that kind of mutation. And is this,
1: for example, for cystic fibrosis that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. is this already a reality that you can travel to some part of the world and get this treatment done?
0: I think the researchers are currently working on that. Uh, I'm not sure if it's it's already, I'm, I'm actually, I'm quite sure it was not applied yet. There are other ways right now to try to handle that situation, but more or less not really treating the cause, but treating the symptoms basically. So, there is. Um, well, let's go yeah. into that. Okay. Anyway. Okay. There's so there's a, there's a there's a drug which basically is a which is a opener of that calcium channel, and by that the viscosity gets restored. But still, that's uh, the drug is not. Folks um, just lost its approval here in the European Union's, and also the problem is that drug is just only. Approved for certain mutations inside the CFTR mm. inside the gene, and uh, so it is not like this uh, complete solution for people which are actually having those that disease. Basically, so we really should treat the cause, the underlying cause of the disease, instead of just treating the symptoms. Here,
1: mm. I could certainly imagine applying this to myself if it were a situation of of a of a life and death, or or you mm. know, like even something that would have the potential. Of expanding my lifespan mm. for for with with decades if i if i would mm. be diagnosed with, with something something grave like this mm. what, what are your kind of you know, like personal personal views on for example enhancing uh your like, own your own genetics
0: yes i mean it is also interesting in terms of longevity i guess right which basically um is an, affects all of us so we are, we all do age, and we all maybe not all of us, but a couple of us, we still want to live as long as possible and to enjoy life to the fullest and make the best out of the years we are getting here. So there are interesting trials or interesting things are happening in in the states right now. I think there might there is maybe one of our. Listeners have heard of her, but her name is Liz Parrish, and she just recently was patient number zero for undergoing gene editing in terms of lengthening hair lengthening telomeres.: Right, yes. So, she, so
1: telomeres, yeah. if you can just briefly briefly explain to the audience.
0: So telomeres are the end caps of the chromosome, basically. You just can think about as like really the end piece of your DNA. And all the time when the cell divides, those end pieces are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And by that, uh, there's a pre-programmed, let's say, end cycle, end life cycle of the cell. And if you just could uh, lengthen those telomeres, you would also increase your lifespan, expectancy, your lifespan, basically. And so she was, and lengthening something like this is achieved by telomerase, and I think Liz Parrish, she went somewhere to Mexico and she had that procedure done by a doctor which she's I think in close contact with. Um because she's she I think she also set up a company or something. And, but I don't want to endorse it here. So um and uh, yes it, in combination with the company and that a doctor who's specialized I guess in gene editing, she became patient number zero for that. And They were doing several tests. I haven't seen the results yet and I haven't seen her blood work, but she's claiming that it worked and her telomeres were lengthened, yes. Wow, Uh, that's
1: intense. mm. So, yep,
0: please go. There might be some uncertainty because the problem is, of course, always how you measure actually telomere length. So if you use like different techniques to to measure the telomere length, you might come up with different results. Right. So it's really about standardizing actually the test and how you, yeah measure quantify the length of the telomere so there's a there's a, a bit of uncertainty in here
1: very very fascinating uh, I did the 23 me test and and some of the indications pointed to especially long having especially long telomeres mm. and also uh, some of the results returned an increased likelihood of living for over a hundred years and, and personally I find that exciting and empowering even though it's very hypothetical mm. do you think we can, using these technologies, we will, we will during our lifetime, see humans living to over 150 or 200 years.
0: I mean, if you ask me, and probably also if you're going to ask Aubrey de Grey, I mean, probably we both agree that we, yes, we will see. <laughs> <laughs> we will see people who are living like longer than 150 years still in our lifetime. And I mean, we we talked about telomerase, so telomeres, but that's just like one, one. Sub sub mechanism which is actually influencing life expectancy, but there are a lot of other ways and other targets we basically can uh, attack or change or modify in order to increase longevity.
1: That's a fascinating topic. Also, a lot of uh, ethical controversy, as we as we mentioned. Have there recently been any major breakthrough that you've been especially excited about, mm. looking from your your own research mm-hmm. lens? So I mean.
0: Of course, the CRISPR-Cas9 system could be seen as a major breakthrough, and certainly it is. But even that system is continuously undergoing uh, some sort of evolution, basically, to refine that system even more. So there are certain approaches which are not even called CRISPR-Cas9 anymore. They're called differently, and they're supposed to even work more precisely being cheaper in their application. And so just in that, that, let's say, little space of gene editing, we see a lot of development being done. Mm. And of course, I mean, Every, every company is pushing their agenda further, maybe to patent their own SIM system, their own gene editing system in order to get a certain market share and sell their product, basically.
1: Right. Looking at the uh, future of uh, having this type of technology like pretty much embedded into society, I mean, like, mm. it's, right now it feels very radical, but so did vaccination at mm. some point. Do you see a future in which babies can be instantly cured out of uh, say, genetic predispositions for very grave diseases mm. as a standard procedure, or or would that take place later in life?
0: Or how would it go? So it's already being done, basically. So if you are... If both the parents are basically carrier for certain mutations, and you know the chances are great that also the kid, the unborn baby, will have that disease and become maybe homozygous in that disease if it is a recessive disease, then... They, for example, in Germany, it is allowed basically to, to do a screening of the embryos and see if, um, if of course, select only the unaffected embryo. Right. So that kind of selection. Yeah. And we also, let's say, expand that and further also incorporate not just screening, but also editing methods.
1: So in Germany, yeah. this this type of uh, screening uh, is... Uh,
0: which have to be fulfilled in order that the screening is allowed. And um, But yes, it, it is...
1: So some people are, are also... Uh, Advocating on on uh, pulling the plug on this type of research and this type of editing. forward while uh, adopting these types of moral guidelines, or even uh, global pushing for some kind of a global legislation on Mm. on what can be. Yeah, Yeah. I I guess I guess this this was this was rather rather my own Mm. own thought here that that there's there seems to be a divide among the people. And are producing very different kinds of you know like future scenarios. Yeah,
0: but my, my my basically my answer to that would be then setting up um, ethical committees and trying to make sure we are not pulling um, or pushing that research too far, but we'll do it anyway. So I mean, you cannot like establish this um, regulation which will just um, impact the whole, which is just just doing things.
1: Yeah, it will kind of you know like either it will be public or it will go underground, and exactly. then even a. Uh, uh, dozens of other countries where this is also seen as a strategic asset.
0: Absolutely. But also keeping in mind that, I mean, those techniques, I mean, of course, they might seem complicated, but still, I mean, if you're interested, in it, especially, I mean, in the future, but also right now, actually, to experiment that by yourself in your backyard, doing a hacking scene there, and which are trying to yeah use that kind of applications. So... It is not really unthinkable. Dog embryos, you know, and and trying to figure out <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just a matter of time until yeah, you scenario here and but it is thinkable certainly. Yes, yeah.
1: So. I think it's it holds mm. great promise on the what we can, you know, like imagining massive scale, uh, massive scale ultimate soldier mm. developing kind of the warriors of the future, gene edited in mm. a dystopian thought of, of gene editing viruses or gene
0: editing uh something that could Britain government decides to make their soldiers resistant to a certain virus. So on the battlefield though, we just they will just stand. But of course obviously the soldiers of the other let's call it team are <laughs> their <are, laughs> other country, whatever, are the warfare which is basically based on yeah your genetics. Uh...
1: yeah th- this sounds like something straight out of a sci-fi it's really living in the future here. <laughs> do, do you think it's already already possible like theoretically possible to to have weapon that could mm. you know, like for for example like uh, like uh, only only attack a certain part. Even people mm. at a at a you know like certain stage of life, you know, like something that would only affect mm. like the like uh, like a, like a, a typical mm. typical.
0: What is certainly possible right now is that you engineer viruses which are just tra- attacking a certain let's, I call it a certain part of you for the whole CRISPR Cas nine system in in adult people to actually. If you if you think about the CRISPR Cas9, getting it inside the cell needs a certain transportation vehicle, a certain vector, and the vector is usually a virus. Inside the virus, and the virus attacks the body part or the body subsystem which actually needs the gene editing. Just um, let the, the the virus attack a certain subsystem of your body. Caucasian people or only Latin people, I think that's we we are still far away from that. We are, I mean, it's of course, also sounds so right, sir, sure, sure, <laughs> and it might be quite unethical as well. So yeah, yeah. And that's I, I probably it, highly classified. You don't. It might be highly classified in you do, so. Yeah, definitely yeah.
1: not. Yeah, I think this is this is more in the in the yeah. domain of the uh, of the uh, typical some of the most typical sci-fi and alien race developing mm. a virus to destroy mm. all humans in the galaxy, or 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 the other way around, or last minute solution to an invading alien force mm-hmm. to infect them with a common human flu <laughs> uh, to to be able to save our planet in future there and uh and uh, even even though there's pros and cons and mm-hmm. the light and the dark side mm-hmm. i'm I'm very hopeful that we'll of the, of the whole planet with these
0: Absolutely. technologies. Absolutely. I just, I'm just in hoping that we are using the technology not for like trying to, but more or less really trying to cure inherited diseases and really use it for the right cause. Right? And immediately <laughs> the military was taking it uh, for their own applications and he was regretting CRISPR-Cas9 and the whole gene editing thing. It's always thinkable. The military is usually always the first adopters and teaching and will um, improve a uh, life on, on Mother Earth.
1: I'm sure. Yeah, that, uh... <laughs> I, I'm sure. I've... Thank you, Christian. This has been uh, truly uh, insightful.
0: Thank you, Simo, for having me. Thanks for listening to the Ambronite Superhero Podcast. Please check out the links, show notes, and other episodes at Ambronite.com podcast. That's A-M-B-R-O-N-I-T-E dot com podcast. Thanks again and catch you in the next episode.